The reading is taken from John chapter 14, verses 6 to 14. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Uh, so, so in this passage that we've just heard, Jesus has made some pretty big promises and he's talked about the kind of thing that he's been training up his disciples for. Uh, when we think about the purpose of our, our church, this week we're, we're speaking about our value discipleship. Discipleship's actually our core mission as Christians. Uh, Jesus uh, gives us that command to, to go and baptise uh, all people in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I've taught you to make disciples uh, our mission to make mature, mobilize, fully formed disciples of Jesus. Uh, when I think about uh, why I'm in ministry, what, why do I do what I do? It's, uh, <laughs> it's not for the pay. It's, it's not just for fun. It's because I desire to see people made like Jesus. That, that is, in, in life, uh, learning what it looks like to live like Jesus. So experiencing the kind of transformation that, that's required in order to be able to live like Jesus in this world. And Jesus talks about us to us about some of the impact that that kind of living has. Uh, Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. So that Jesus has been training up disciples to do the works that he has done. And in fact, we'll do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. We'll do greater works because I'm sending my spirit, because I'm empowering you, because I'm releasing you as a multitude to go and disciple nations. 
Discipleship is, is really at the core of being a Christian, that, that you will be uh, trained up to be like Jesus, that you would be part of others being trained up to be and live like Jesus in this world. We, we say to make disciples, that is at some point or another someone has to say, yeah, I want to follow you as you follow Jesus. I want to follow this Jesus that you follow. We want to see maturity that is, uh, to be Christian is not just to make a declaration, it's about a life that's transformed, that I would live in such a way that uh, Jesus is represented with, with integrity through my life, uh, that when people experience me, uh, that they experience Jesus. Uh, this, this week we've got a funeral for Margaret Smith and uh, I love what uh, Carol said about her. She, she said, uh, when, I, when I used to look into Margaret's face, it was like I was looking in the face of God. Why is that? Well, she was full of the Spirit and she exuded God in the way that she lived relationships with other people. Uh, do other people say that of us? Uh, when the pressures of life uh, squeeze in on us, what comes out? <laughs> You, you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, toothpaste comes out. When you squeeze a Christian, what should come out? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus should come out. So, uh, and use a bit of Jesus. Uh, he'll clean, make your life clean. <laughs> uh, but that's what's meant to come out of us as, as disciples of Jesus. We're meant to reflect Jesus. And we grow in that over life. And so my heart is... To see people learn to live that, and it's something that starts uh, inside as we come to grips with the, the love of God, but then it's something that's reflected outside as we learn to live that love of God. And so my, my heart and my strength is in that space of maturing and mobilizing people. Uh, we all share this role together. We, we all share the role of reaching out to make disciples, to see each other mature, and then to send out people. Why do I say fully formed disciples of Jesus? Well, well, I think uh, sometimes we settle for less than Jesus intended for our lives. Sometimes we settle for less than what Jesus intended for our lives. What does that mean? Jesus has a vision for who you could be in, in work, in relationships, in life. Now, I haven't arrived at that vision fully. I hope I'm each year taking a step towards that. And my prayer for each of you is that each year you'll take a step. I know none of us have arrived, but stopping, becoming stagnant, was never Jesus' intention for us. Uh, so maturing and mobilizing fully formed disciples of Jesus is what we're on about. So, so why is discipleship important? I'll put the question out there. Why do you think discipleship is important? To encourage one another, absolutely. We, we all need encouragement because our internal refer, reference point of ourself is not always the best. We need that encouragement to build us up. Uh, why, why else do we need discipleship? Uh, to build community, yeah, yeah. So it helps us to uh, connect uh, with each other and it's that sharing of life together. Yeah, you, you can't do the Christian life on your own. Uh, to, to be a Christian and be disconnected from other Christians, it, it doesn't work. We're, we're made to be in relationship with, with other people. 
yet to, to bear witness. And uh, so discipleship, ultimately, like w- what is to disciple? It's to be a learner that's following a teacher. Uh, so I follow Jesus and he's my teacher. But then I teach other people and they follow me as I follow Jesus. We're, we're being, discipleship is, is about being a learner. And in all circumstances of life, learning what it looks like to be a Jesus person. And it's a, a learning thing. But why discipleship important is, is important is because Jesus says it's important. He gives us our primary mission to, to make disciples, help each other uh, grow in the way of Jesus. Help each other to live what Jesus uh, says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If he is the way, the truth, and the life, then we're learning together to live Jesus' way. Uh, so discipleship is important because without discipleship, the church dies. Uh, the, the church exists uh, because discipleship e- exists. And so if, without discipleship, the, the church will fail to exist. We, we have a bunch of people that don't know how to represent Jesus. So the discipleship is important for our growing up in faith. So who is the priority of discipleship? Who would you say is the priority? Yeah, so, so we, we follow Jesus. Um, he's uh, the, the key teacher. Who's the priority, like the subject or the, of the discipleship? Who's the key priority for you? Yeah, uh, definitely. So, so a world that doesn't know Jesus is our key priority. When we think about the priority of discipleship, it's others. God's put me here to, to be a disciple of others. I am a disciple of Jesus. I am a follower. But the priority of discipleship is that the, the good work of Jesus will be multiplied. That is, I will be a multiplier. Uh, you would take what you know and be a multiplier of it. Uh, that with what I have in my hand, I will multiply that as much as I can. With what you have in your hand, you will multiply that as much as you can. And so when we talk about uh, discipleship, uh, this is what we say. We're, we're called to follow Jesus as our model of maturity, and we call unbelievers and each other to follow him wholeheartedly. So we have this priority of each other as well as unbelievers as well. Because where, do, where does discipleship start? It starts before someone even comes to know Jesus, as they see how you're dealing with the things of life. And they say, well, why do you make those choices? Why do you live that way? And you say, well, as a follower of Jesus, these are the priorities that I have. Why do you, why do you love those people? Because I believe God loves those people. And they begin to understand your worldview, your, your way of thinking, your way of being. Uh, what works for you when you're stressed? I, I, I pray, I, I turn to God and I trust in him. Uh, how, do you, how do you have such confidence in doing what you do? Well, I believe that God has uh, made me and uh, equipped me and, and loves me and approves of me. 
we, we can share those things with people before they come to faith. And as they see that the way of living that we have in Christ is better than the way of living apart from Christ, then they go, oh, well, I'm going to listen to what you have to say. And I think you've got some good advice and how to live in life. I'm not so sure yet that I'm ready to be the follower of this guy that you call Jesus, or even if, even if I even believe in him. But I'll start to follow. At that person, the person said, I think you're a person of authority in my life. You're a teacher. What, what level? I'm not sure. But I'm going to follow a little bit of what you have to say. And that's generally what happens with people before they come to faith. They, they find someone that they admire their life. They want to learn from them. And they begin to figure out what it looks like for them to live in this world. And they begin to realize that actually their world uh, revolves around Jesus. So we, we call unbelievers and each other because you and I have a role with each other of uh, breeding maturity. Uh, that is, it will be irresponsible of me to let you continue in immaturity in your relationship with Jesus in the same way that it will be irresponsible of you to allow me to continue to be immature if you see something. And, and so we, with gentleness and respect, encourage each other. With gentleness and respect, we, we say, this is who I think God's made you to be. And the other person may say, well, I'm not really confident to be that. And we are the people that get to encourage them up into who God's called them to be. So discipleship is about unbelievers. It's about each other. It's about all of our heart, wholeheartedly. Uh, what is maturity? We're called to follow Jesus as our model of maturity. Christian maturity is not something uh, we ever arrive fully at. I've not arrived there. You've not arrived there. Until our life looks like Jesus, uh, which won't happen until Jesus returns, we won't have arrived at maturity. So if you want to know what it looks like for us to mature as a Christian, it looks like you living and loving like Jesus. And if you find yourself regularly not living or loving like Jesus, there's a big maturity gap. And there's no judgment coming from me to you. But me just saying there's a gap there that, that Jesus wants to fill. There's room there where Jesus wants to bring transformation. And what I tend to find is as people expose areas needing maturity and they invite someone else in, it doesn't have to be just me, they see maturity happen. Now, sometimes there's, there's really big breakthroughs in maturity, but most Christian maturity happens over time because it's uh, our, our whole perspective on life needs to change, our whole perspective on people. And that takes a lot of time as we get out of the, the old habits of thinking and the old ways of operating. But if God's at work in you, maturity is what he's wanting to produce. Uh, one of the things I like to constantly remind people that maturity is not, it's not about uh, knowing uh, lots of things. It's about knowing someone and faithfully following them. Maturity is not about knowing lots of things, it's about knowing someone, Jesus, and learning what it means to follow him. So that is, you, you can have a child that is mature because they are faithful in walking with the Holy Spirit as they follow Jesus. You can have an adult that is immature because they're not good 
at walking with the Holy Spirit. They may know lots of things and they're not good at following Jesus. So age is not an indicator of maturity. Knowledge is not an indicator of maturity. Faithfulness in relationship, in following Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit, is your key indicator. And there's fruit of what that looks like in life, but we're not going to go into that uh, deeper today. So that's, that's discipleship. Uh, so what is a disciple? It's a follower who follows uh, Jesus. Uh, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says. So if what he says is, is true, we look to him. And, and so what's, what's needed in order for us to, to look to him as the, the way, the truth, and the life? Our one attitude, our submission, and one priority, mission. So, so what, what do I mean by submission? <laughs> to sit under his mission. So, so it's really a similar thing that I'm talking about. Jesus has given us a commission. He's given us a mission, who we are, called to be in this earth. Uh, one attitude, submission, I sit under his mission. And as I sit under his mission, I'm someone that is teachable. One of the best qualities in, in people is to be teachable. That is, I'm not someone that believes that I have fully arrived in my understanding or thinking. Someone that is, uh, thinks they're fully arrived is really black and white in the way that they say things are and has no room for growth. Uh, in order to be a follower of Jesus who hasn't arrived at where he's called me to be or you to be, we need to be able to sit under him and his teaching. So I sit under his word. I sit under the gentle prompts of his spirit. I work with these people, and if, if a bunch of people come to me and say, I think you need to grow in this area, I go, oh, maybe Jesus is saying something to me through them. And as I examine my life and go, oh, actually, I'm, I'm not living like Jesus in that way. I'm someone that's teachable, someone that's able to grow and learn, be molded by the Spirit. And so an attitude of submission, a priority of in all aspects of life, I'm going to see Jesus' mission as important. See, there's no point in discipleship. If Jesus' mission on earth is not important to you, there's no point in discipleship. You may as well eat and drink for tomorrow you die, as Paul says, because if we're living for our own mission in life, (laughs) our, our mission becomes our pleasure to enjoy life rather than to serve Jesus. But if our mission is Jesus' mission, then we're in the good times and the bad times, seeking faithfulness to him. Always looking for opportunity to to serve him and to call others to serve him. So one attitude, submission, one priority is mission. See, uh, there's three environments that that we we do this growing in. Uh, One-to-one, so you and I catch up and have a coffee and talk about something. Uh, most conversations I'll be talking to Jesus, whether you know it or not, and I'll be saying, Jesus, what's the one thing for this person that I can encourage them in that will make them a little bit more like you? And you don't hear that conversation, but that's something going on in my mind. And so one-to-one, that's a little conversation that I'd love you to be having in your mind as you meet with other people. How can I be an encourager to encourage that person to be like Jesus in life? Uh, As a church, one-to-many. Together, as we gather, we encourage each other to be more like Jesus. Uh, That's on all of us. And in mission, 
Uh, we, we grow when we're challenged. If you're not experiencing challenge in life, uh, you're probably not going to feel the need to grow because you feel fully equipped to do what you've got in front of you. As you experience challenge, that's a wide op- open opportunity for you to go, hey God, I need help. I need you. Reveal to me who you are to me in this time so that I may grow as a follower of you. When Jesus revealed himself in John 14, uh, they were asking the question of saying, well, who's the father? How do I know what the father looks like? How do I get to the father? Uh, Show us this father uh, that you tell us about. And Jesus says, well, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. He's the perfect image of the invisible God. So when we follow Jesus and imitate his life, we begin to look like Jesus. And if we look like Jesus, who do we reflect? Our Father in heaven. And so we're children called to look like our Father. We we follow our Savior, our King, but also our brother, who's the perfect image of his Father in heaven. And uh, so our role as Christians is to see the, the image of God reflected through every person. You're made in the image of God. <laughs> Life, sin, brokenness distorts that. Healing, wholeness, Jesus, the Holy Spirit brings about what's needed that you become <laughs> the, the person that you are called to reflect uh you may notice that that our lectern's shining a little bit more this week uh someone did a little bit of work on it i i I won't mention uh, who did the the work but it's kind of like that in the christian life life uh goes on and as life continues brass tarnishes it acquires dust that mix with, mixes with other things. You get oxidation and it loses its shine. So when the Holy Spirit comes and does a, a number on you, it's a polishing up of what you, are, what you are already and what you're called to be. It's a discovering of what's really underneath and then a reflecting of what is shining on you. You see, the more that we are like Jesus, the more, easy, the more easy it is for us to reflect God's light into this world. Uh, the, it, it's interesting, uh, on, our, uh, on our stand there, on our lectern, it has someone's name. And I thought this was really significant when I looked up his name. So, Sir, Sir D. Cooper, you can find him on Wikipedia, uh, 1885. Uh, he was uh, the first speaker in the Legislative Assembly in New South Wales. I thought that's significant as a, as a lectern, that the first speaker of the Legislative Assembly gave us that. Uh, what's significant about it? The item's not significant, but who that person was called by God to be is significant. They were called to be a mouthpiece for law in society. What's law about? It's about... Uh, the whole of society thriving. We've got a lectern given by him. What sits on that? The word of God. What's the word of God about? It's about us 
thriving in life and reflecting the image of Jesus. So someone that's got a, a speaking, been given in the past a speaking authority by God into the nation of Australia gave us that. We sit a Bible on it and we read from it, declaring words that bring the law of God to our lives. Little side fact. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're called to be a disciple. Uh, being a disciple, uh, it, it starts even before you believe. It, it's about your head, uh, what you know, the way you think. Uh, it's about your heart, how you feel, uh, what you know affecting how you feel. It's about your hands. It's about what you do. It's about thinking, uh, being, and living. That is, all of us is affected by being a follower of Jesus. And as all of us is affected, life doesn't get easier, but it gets better lived with God. You know, as you do one challenge well, do you know what God tends to give us? <laughs> Another challenge. <laughs> and... I always laugh when it happens, but it, it's predictable as you're responsible with, with little, you're given more. And that's okay, because life with God is better. Life following Jesus is better. And when you hit hard things, you're not left in despair because he's with you. When you hit hard times, you're not left in despair because he's with you. And he gives you what you're, you need. And in that moment of him giving you what you need to do some of the greater works in life, whether miraculous or really practical, you see how good and how amazing the God is who we follow and how faithful he is to strengthen us for what is in our hand. So two questions as, as I finish up this morning. Who is discipling you? Who are you inviting to speak into your life? <laughs> you may say me. Hopefully you're listening and teachable in this space. Who else is discipling you? In the, in the church, who else are you inviting in? Uh, this is a one-to-many relationship. Who's in the one-to-one -one space who's bringing encouragement from Jesus? And then the second question, where are you not inviting discipleship where you need it. I think all of us are probably well aware of challenges that we face in life. That's the space where you need to invite discipleship, whether it's challenges of you in relationship with others, challenges uh, in your work or before you. That's the space of discipleship, whether it's challenge in doing mission or just being Jesus' person in this world. Where are you not inviting discipleship where you need it? That's a question for you to go away with and the obvious response is, I think I need to invite someone in. Final question, who are you discipling? Who are you helping to be a follower of Jesus? You don't have to be someone that has got it all together to help someone else take a step down the road. All you need to do is have one thing that you've learned about following Jesus. Give it away. Just give it away. Give it away 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 times. 
and you've seen that one aspect of what it means to be a follower of Jesus multiplied on the earth. That the parable of the seeds sometimes is primarily looked at in terms of numbers, that, that I will find five disciples who will find five disciples who will find five disciples and will have like a hundred, a thousand, whatever disciples. Now I want you to think at a, at a micro level and go, I know this about following Jesus. I'm going to help other people know this about following Jesus and see that fruit multiplied 10, 50, 100, 1,000 times. And as we all do that together, we will see more disciples happen because it's one decision at a time, one thought at a time, one action, one heart at a time that people are transformed. Let me pray. Our Father, thank you that you see us as we are. Uh, Lord, thank you that you, you meet us where we're at. Uh, thank you that, that you see uh, the need uh, where it is. Thank you that you care about each of us. And that you care about each of us so much that you wouldn't leave us where we're at. Thank you that you, you meet us in the middle of, of challenge, Lord, and, and that you don't leave us there. Thank you that you meet us in the middle of life and you don't abandon us. Thank you that in the midst of everything that you have hope for us, not just for better circumstances, but to be people that are more like Jesus, that we would uh, be sustained and strengthened and empowered. Uh, Lord, forgive us for where we've had uh, an opinion of us that is small. Uh, forgive us for where we've trusted too much in ourselves. Uh, forgive us for when we haven't been teachable. Forgive us, Lord, for when we've said no, when you're wanting us to just say yes and you'll do the rest. Lord, as your people, as we uh, gather this morning, we, we ask that you give each of us that, that one step and help each of us, Lord, to have the courage to follow it. Uh, Lord, even as we listen to, to kids, uh, help us, Lord, not to get distracted from what you call us to and how will you call us to love in this world. Help us, Lord, to have the, the courage to invite others into our lives and our need. And Lord, we, we, we look with hope and expectancy as to uh, the joy that will be experienced as, Lord, we see you work and multiply yourself through us. And we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.